vitamins should only ever be taken to plug a gap. So obviously we ideally get everything that we need in our diet. Modern medicine has done a lot for mankind. But the one thing we've all been reminded of since the pandemic began is how much there is that we don't know about the human body. Probiotics can, can help when I have seen symptomatic relief. What if a lot of the answers we seek already exist within each of us, hiding in plain sight? The best way to treat pain, as, as benign as you know a backache or something like that, is possibly to go down the, the exercise route, the physiotherapist route, rather than just taking pills. And I think it's important that people realise that. And what they are discovering might explain that gut feeling that we all have from time to time. everybody, you're very welcome to That Gut Feeling. I'm Jonathan Healy, presenter of this podcast series sponsored by Alpharex, which aims to answer the important questions about gut health and how you can look after it. Now, across this series, we're hearing from some of the leading Irish and international experts on the growing awareness of gut health. And for this episode, I am joined by none other than Laura Dowling, who you probably know better as the fabulous pharmacist. Laura, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, it's good to chat. It's nice to talk to you. I, I'm familiar with you from Instagram. I think that's probably the, the, the place where most people know you, is it? If they don't know you in person. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> you, you are a big fan of social media though, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm a big fan of it in terms of, I suppose, um, you know, putting out there proper unbiased information about health and wellness rather than you know and debunking some of the myths as well they're out there too so that's why I started up the page I just want I was getting the same kind of questions coming in from friends and family and patients and I thought well, why don't I just put it out there in the public you know arena that people can access easily and make it really digestible and have it as an unbiased unbiased medical I suppose general healthcare advice because mm, there are many different opinions that can flow from medicine, as you well know. Um, there, there's a lot of bad stuff out there and social media is riddled with lots of different opinions, isn't it? It is. It's riddled with lots of different opinions, but it's, it's also riddled with lots of nonsense. I think it's important that there are differing opinions in the, in the medical sphere uh, and, and it's important that we listen to people's opinions. However, an opinion is exactly that. It's an opinion. So I will always go with evidence based over an opinion any day and I think that's why what I try to get across on my Instagram you know on a daily basis when I'm speaking about all things health and illness and medicines related. Yeah you know if I went on talking about things on uh, Instagram it'd be just making stuff up because I don't have a background but you do have a background and you spent a long time becoming a pharmacist so you, you're coming from a fairly strong point. Yeah well it would be a bit weird if I called myself fabulous pharmacist and didn't actually have the qualifications. So. I, no, there's very few standards on Instagram but people probably would call that out quite quickly. I think so. So yeah like I, I, I'm I'm near practicing nearly 20 years you know um, so I have a broad you know broad range of experience in terms of um, health and wellness and treating people and helping them you know hand holding them through their their illnesses and their how to take their medicines and all that kind of that, that goes with being a pharmacist so yeah I would have I would have experience certainly yeah and um, I suppose medicine has changed over the years as well certainly since I've come out as a, as a young pharmacist I've seen it evolve and change and there's always new therapies coming out and there's always new new ways to to help and to treat illness but I suppose 
nothing has changed in terms of how to live a healthy lifestyle, which is diet, exercise, sleep. Those three things remain as really important factors in how to best live a healthy life. They're really boring, but you know, when people people want a magic bullet, they want to know what can I do to, you know, lose weight or what can I do to have more energy? And they'd they'd like a magic bullet, they'd like to be able to take a pill to do so, but unfortunately it does harken back to those three staples, you know. We have talked on the podcast about the idea that we've become a little conditioned to there being a pill for everything. And you must get that as well, because, OK, a, d- a doctor could say, no, I'm not going to give you an antibiotic. But people will rock into the pharmacist and say, give me give me something that fixes this. Yeah, I see it a lot with pain. And, you know, pain is pain is, is awful and it can be very debilitating if people are living with chronic pain. But we are definitely more inclined to take a painkiller than actually get to the source of the pain, which would often be maybe we just need to exercise more. We need to exercise correctly. We need to maybe rest uh, using heat therapy or something like that, rather than just swallowing a painkiller, which is basically just masking the symptoms. So I think that's important that people look at their whole body holistically when it comes to treating themselves for illness. And I know I'm saying that from a pharmacist's point of view, obviously my job is, I know, all about drugs and how they can help to treat illnesses but I'm coming from the point of view of that the best way to treat to treat something like pain as, as benign as you know a backache or something like that is possibly to go down the the exercise route the physiotherapist route rather than just taking pills and I think it's important that people realize that mm. yeah but how popular is that opinion when you proffer it from behind the counter I, I'd imagine sometimes the person on the far side goes yeah but there's a t- there's a tablet though isn't there? yes on. of course and I would never say no to someone if they if they wanted something but and, and people know that as well they don't need me preaching at them from 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 behind the counter saying you know you need to do this but I, you know I would sell them the, the painkiller but also say you know maybe you should try physio maybe you should try some back exercises uh, some exercises in general like oftentimes people will experience back pain and it's because of lack of exercises because of our sedentary lifestyle it's because of us sitting in front of our computer screens all day and not moving the way our body should we evolved to to run long distances to to walk around to, to live hand to mouth really whereas now we are sitting down a lot we're not getting the exercise we need we're not moving the way we should and that can be often the reason why people are experiencing pain people are experiencing lethargy because they're just not being as physically active as they should be uh, look, we're recording this in October. Uh, we're heading into the winter months. It's the time when you need to start doing little prep work, isn't it? To, to yeah. make sure that you're as as well prepared as you can be for whatever the winter has to throw at it. Yeah, so you know, it'll be dark at 4pm and it can be hard to get out and about. Certainly, if you, if you, you know, I have three young boys and I don't want them maybe going out in the dark. So it's about getting them the exercise that they need, uh, me getting the exercise that I need too. And we, we all know that fresh air is great for us, but I suppose we, we can always do something indoors. There's loads of online classes and things like that. But yeah, it is about prepping ourselves for the winter, coming into the winter and knowing what we can do to give ourselves that little bit of a boost and make ourselves winter ready, yeah? yeah. This is a podcast about gut health. Um, yes. How much of a factor is gut health in the pharmacist's day? Because we've been learning about how it is interconnected in so many different ways to how our body responds to all the different things that are thrown at us. Is it an area that pharmacy is starting to explore a little bit more, do you think? 100%. It's been an area that we've been exploring for, for a few years now. And I think, you know, when the first kind of study came out about 
it was in around 2004, I think, there was a, there was a study that came out that germ-free mice were raised in like an aseptic environment. And it showed that they had an exaggerated response to stress versus the, the mice that weren't, that weren't um, raised in, a, in an aseptic environment and, you know, that, that, that weren't germ-free. So I think that that kind of perpetuated this interest in the gut, in bacteria, in everything that's going on inside us that we can't even see. And we, we all know about the gut-brain axis. There's a gut-brain-skin axis as well. So there is this idea that our the microbiome and our bacteria help with our skin too, which all makes sense. It's, everything is interconnected. So certainly in the pharmacy, there is a lot of interest in it. Certainly to treat those kind of, or treat or, or to help to manage those uh, gastrointestinal symptoms that people come in with all the time. And I know that they'll be coming in with them kind of coming up to Christmas time as well, when obviously as we as we reopen the country, which is, is great to see people will be out more, they'll be eating and drinking, I suppose, the things that were probably not advised to be eating and drinking too much. But then, then they come in with their their acidic tummy you know a little bit of reflux maybe diarrhea maybe constipation and general tummy upset because they might be living the high life for for a few weeks or, or not even oh, i can't wait and... to live the high life really <laughs> can't wait to live the high life i know great. i know sure I, I was actually looking at something there earlier and it says i can't wait to say asher god damn it, it's christmas go on i'll go on it's christmas go on i'll, I'll have that i'll go on it's christmas I'll, I'm, I'm, start, I'm, I'm starting on the first of december again this year i mean i made a conscious decision going with spadig terrible year i know first of december i am going high on that hog i'm not know. coming off of the new year i know but in a very boring way i'd like to say everything in moderation is much better than going absolutely crazy because you can not, not only will your will your gut feel it but your brain will feel it you'll be tired and fatigued you might be low mood and energy so i suppose it's just about watching that watching the amount you drink certainly because we all, and in Ireland especially, we have a bit of a tendency to, to go mad for the booze, but we don't realise that alcohol is a drug in itself and it affects our mood, it affects our brain. So uh, there's a lot of people that say that, you know, if alcohol was to be given a licence now, that it wouldn't pass. You know, we would, So because, it, you know, it is that. And I think that we just need to kind of mind ourselves in, from that respect. Well, I, look, and again, uh, not speaking uh, from personal experience or anything, but, you know, if you go out in the lash, that your gut is one of the first things that suffers because you're presumably putting an awful lot in there that your microbiome will struggle to cope with uh, in one go or at least over a, a relatively short period of time if you're having a good time. Absolutely. And we all have a good time. Listen, I was I was out myself last night having a good time. <laughs> you're looking very sprightly, considering. I can put an awful lot of makeup on, which unfortunately, <laughs> Jonathan, you can't. But, no. So, well, I can, but it would be obvious. People might ask questions. So, look, I love, I love going out for dinner, and I love having a glass of wine as much as the next person. So, yeah, and you can have a little dodgy tummy the next day. And I think that as we get older as well, we feel it that bit more, don't we? <laughs> that churning, or we don't feel like eating the next day certainly not breakfast and if we do if we do want to eat we, we crave kind of fatty foods and, and high sugar foods as well so yeah it's about minding that and, and having a sense that look I can go out but maybe not quite the last for the whole of December <laughs> yeah the other thing of course is in the winter months like exercise becomes a little bit harder because you you've got much longer time in the summer to go out and have your walk it's very pleasant probably not going to get wet you're not going to be cold and people tend to slow down on exercise a little bit and that probably doesn't help the other yeah 
that it's very true and during the winter months people will often put on a couple of pounds or a couple of kilograms because they're not getting out and about and they're they're, they're reaching for the biscuit in they're, they're reaching for the comfort food that little bit more as well but I think that what COVID has taught us is that we can do an awful lot in our house when it comes to exercises loads of free online classes I actually started doing them myself I never would have been one to do kind of online classes I would have either gone to the gym or done yoga myself or gone for a swim but I've started doing those online hit classes with, with you know with various trainers and and they can be a great way to just get 30 minutes and you don't have to go up to the gym and do two hours that's why I always say to people and you know be pumping the iron and and be absolutely exhausted a simple 20 minutes can make all the difference to your day and you know it doesn't even have to be every day even if it was four times a week if you manage to squeeze it in I always say to people I leave the laundry I leave the kitchen I just leave it as a mess and I do my exercise and I'm much happier when I when I finished and then you know I can do something then you know I'm somewhat intrigued by this. Is it an online class? Is it a collective thing? Or did some fellow record a 20-minute video and uh, you're there trying to get into the lotus position? So with yoga, I just do my, my own thing. I don't do yoga online classes because I've been practicing yoga for years, so I can do it myself. But with um, with uh, with HIT classes and with, with gym classes, it's just um, I, I follow a lady and she does uh, she does a recording every day or every you know second day. And I can just go on and do it whenever I feel like it. So I don't have to get up at six in the morning and do it because because it's live I can just do her recording and I feel great afterwards and I you know I may not be doing it I may I may not be exerting myself 100% but even if I'm exerting myself 70% for 20 minutes that's better than sitting on the couch for 20 minutes yeah and you can go for the biscuit in immediately afterwards 100% well. if you want if that if that makes your day do it <laughs> you, you, you talk you you like sleep don't you because i know i've seen you post about sleep you're a big fan of sleep i am a big fan of sleep but you know what i don't i i'm great at preaching about sleep but i probably don't get enough sleep myself i'm always 11 o'clock comes and i'm still you know tidying the kitchen or doing something so but yes sleep is so important and people underestimate the power of sleep so i think that when, when we look at our overall health we see that we're we're all sleeping going to bed later you know, because we have our phones, we can bring them to bed with us. It's not like years ago where you would have had to, you know, got up and gone to your computer even. You know, we, we have our computer in our hands all the time, really easy, accessible. And people often scroll themselves to, to sleep, which, is, which, which isn't great. It kind of keeps you awake, keeps you alert. So we, we all go to bed that little bit later. Whereas, you know, years ago, back way back when, we probably would have been going to bed at eight or nine o'clock because there was nothing else to do. Or she only had two channels. So after the news, we would have been all been tucked up in bed whereas now we can stay up that bit later and then sleep will affect our mood will affect our energy levels it'll affect all kinds of things to do with, with, with our health so I'd always say to people to try and be mindful of your sleep try and be mindful of getting those eight hours if you can you know even even something as simple as if you went to bed an hour earlier every night for a week you'd get one extra night's sleep you get seven hours extra sleep in that week so that's a, a nice way to think of it as well yeah, I'm a demon. I have to get eight hours. If I don't get eight hours, I, I don't really function that well. I'm very religious about going to bed yeah. at a certain time, but then I get up too early. My, my circadian rhythm kicks in and I'm awake at seven o'clock every morning, come hell or high water, including the weekends, which is a killer. Oh, yeah, you can't even lie in now. That's a sign of old age now, do you know that? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's tragic, but true. I'm, I'm willing to accept it at least. Uh, what about vitamins and stuff like that? Because obviously one of the things that people will always come into the pharmacy and say, have I got a vitamin for me? Um, which is, my mother is a huge advocate of vitamins. You need a tonic. Uh, and I, I'm still convinced that that used to be just a big bottle of liquid that they give you in the hope that uh, you wouldn't notice there's nothing in it. But what kind of vitamins would a, a good pharmacist like yourself recommend like that? So vitamins should only ever be taken to plug a gap. So obviously we ideally get everything that we need in our diet. But 
unfortunately we don't there's there's lots of processed foods out there we will you know we're, we're quickly we're big into quick quick eating now so making rustling something up really quickly and often that can mean using more salt and sugar and processed foods than, than we like so there there is there can be stuff lacking in our diet or nutrients lacking in our diet and even from the point of view that if you took a tomato from the 1950s and you tested it for its nutrients versus a tomato nowadays just with soil leaching and things like that there may not be as many nutrients in it as, as there was years ago so supplements should plug a gap maybe like an all-round multivitamin could be something that would be a good idea certainly we need a vitamin d in ireland because of the lack of sunlight and coming into winter time even less um some b some calcium as well to help with their bones and i you know you were saying about when people are looking for supplements in the pharmacy people will often come in and ask about probiotics too and i think that when you when you look at probiotics it's, it's, it can be a minefield for people they don't really know what to take there's so many out there as well but probiotics can, can help and i have seen symptomatic relief with probiotics when it comes to the gut and things like that so it's about asking coming into the pharmacy and asking and having that conversation not just picking something up off the shelf if you don't if you don't um if you don't know what you're what you're what you're looking for but we're always there to help and, and advise stress levels for the entire country were off the charts over the last 18 19 months um as a pharmacist you were at the sharp end of that as well because you had to keep going didn't you you had to keep engaging you had to keep seeing people coming through the door when everybody else was sitting at home cowering um was that stressful was it stressful going in at the worst of the pandemic not knowing really what we were dealing with and and having to face the public no matter what i think pharmacists and our colleagues you know our pharmacy teams as well because let's not forget we we can't open a pharmacy without the rest of our, our colleagues on board too i think we just went got through it and it was only really after i think it was only really mid-summer that i kind of looked back and reflected on it and thought god that was a shocking year so i think we all went into robot mode and just did what what we had to certainly pharmacy changed in terms of there was like very rarely there was e-prescriptions now it's loads of e-prescriptions so prescriptions would be sent to the pharmacy the patient would phone and ask for the, the the medicine to be done up and then you'd literally just give it to them so there was less patient interaction as well which is always not very nice because i am the type of pharmacist that likes to get out and talk to people um, and many of us do and then you know we would have often delivered medicines to our elderly so it, we could have gone six months without seeing someone when they would have been in every month or every couple you know every couple of weeks to get their, their medicines so yeah it, it did it was it was stressful but I think we just kind of pushed through it and once we had our PPE and once we had our screens and that we probably felt that bit safer ourselves but certainly at the start in March April May when everything started to close down and nothing was opened and we were alone in the mall by ourselves ourselves in the off license were the only things that were were open in the mall that I was in you know and there was a queue there was a queue outside the off license that was much longer than the queue outside the pharmacy I'll tell you that well did you ever go to the off license after finishing work though that's the key question of course of course I did I think we all I think we all had a little bit more we all indulged a little bit more in, in alcohol over that pandemic because I think because we weren't going out it was almost like oh sure I'll just have a glass of wine then instead because I'm I'm staying in and it, it does relax us that's that you know that is an, an important side effect of alcohol is that it does relax us but I suppose it's about seeing the other side effects that you know cause the, the low mood and that and maybe less sleep too so it's important to kind of balance the pros and the cons isn't it and, and Laura are you in a better place now I mean we're, we all think we're, we're, we're out of this um, even though there's an awful lot of COVID still floating around the place but the, the national mood has changed that it's no longer a big scary thing it's a thing that we can manage 
I yeah. mean, where are you in that context, in that conversation? I mean, in the fabulous pharmacist's head, are, are we out of this? And are you a little more relaxed than you would have been? I'm, I'm definitely more relaxed. I'm not sure if we're out of it, but we are coming out of it. And I think that a lot of things will have changed, maybe for the good. Maybe there's definitely some people that are that are less well off coming out of the pandemic. But I think it's given us many people a time to reflect and to to decide maybe to do something different with their lives. But I'm coming from a I'm from coming from a place of privilege. I was able to go into my job every day. I had something to do. I had a reason to get up in the morning and put my makeup on and and, um, and get dressed properly and go in and work and spend time with other people that weren't in my family. Many people didn't have the luxury of that. And I and I do know that. And I know that a lot of people have struggled with that. And I think that it's important that when we, as we are coming out of this lockdown and, you know, we're talking about mental health, that we put the resources into mental health, we put the resources into those areas where people have struggled and people will need support and help, you know. I mean, the, the allegation that people didn't dress properly, I, I refused the fact that I wore the same jumper probably for about three months. I know. And nobody actually noticed. <laughs> or, or you wore your shirt on top, but down below, anything went. Tracky bottoms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah tracky, tracky bottoms. And, 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 and migrate, migrated to shorts for the summer. I mean, at least there was a bit of variety there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's funny. As we evolve uh, and we learn more about medicine and, and what it does, I, I'm fascinated by pharmacy because you speak to pharmacists and, and you're never that far removed from the old pestle and mortar and, and grinding stuff up uh, <laughs> that, that used to happen in pharmacies up as recently as the 70s. Yeah. Um, what's next, do you think? I mean, are we going to be looking more at preventative care? Are we going to be looking more at taking the kind of thing that maybe gets the gut right and that everything else will flow from that. How is it going to work, do you think? We're definitely evolving with, with, with all kinds of care, you know, with cancer care, with, with gut health. And it, a lot of it is going to be tailored, even mental health. I'm speaking to people that, that psychologists and psychiatrists and even mental health will be specifically tailored. You won't just be like, oh, here's, a, here's an antidepressant, take this. We will be looking to tailor drugs and therapies specific to a patient and the same will be for gut health as well so you know we have probiotics on the shelf at the minute and and i would often re recommend the likes of alpharex for say ibs or something like that when people have have issues but i think going forward we will definitely have certain strains of bacteria that we know would suit someone because we're all made so uniquely and so differently and definitely it, things will be tailored for for specific people and I think that's the way it's going certainly when I was in you know year 20 years ago when I was in college I we did a few lectures on gene therapy and about specifically targeting illness and disease and it almost seemed like something sci-fi but now we are we're on that we're on that road and it's great to see I think it's really important and is that the solution do you think it's going to be individual medicine as opposed to this might work for a lot of people I think yes I, in an ideal world it is but do we know how under pressure our healthcare system is we know how under pressure our doctors and our GPs are and the time that they can give to people is, is less and less I think um so I think we need to restructure that but that we, we could have an entire day's podcast about that couldn't we and I suppose it, it's slow slow baby steps but yeah certainly that is the way forward I think and and there is there is a bit of that going on as, as, as we speak anyway, but it's about putting the funding and the money into clinical trials, into, into finding the evidence for that and, and going about it in that way.
just to finish up, how long do you spend a day on Instagram? Just out of curiosity. I'm a devil for Twitter. Uh, that's where I live. And I don't understand the Instagram thing as much as uh, younger people, the youth would. Um, is, is it a blight on your life or is it a benefit? So sometimes I think, oh my God, I'm just going to go off this. I just I can't be dealing with it anymore. I actually don't spend too long if I go on and do a little story it might only take me a couple of minutes to do that um, and I try and not fall down the rabbit hole of you know going into accounts and trailing through them so but yeah I probably spent a bit too much I'd, I'd be embarrassed just to look at my screen time will I look at my screen time for you while go on here? you do while you're there if you have the phone in your hand it, it'd be wrong it was not to uh, work out how much it is I did this with Kira Kelly recently and the result could only be described as hilarious on her part so uh, uh, okay so let me see. Um, okay, the daily average is coming up as one hour thirteen minutes, but that that seems very that, couldn't, that seems very, very low. I, I I think you're you're missing a, a digit there. No, I think hours. that seems very low. I think I have you know. That's right. Was that just this morning? I, Actually, that is just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and for the benefit of the podcast listeners, uh, we are recording nine this o'clock. at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible, isn't it? Oh so my anyway, God. So, I mean, clearly, I, we've taken at least 24 minutes out of your Instagram time. So we, we better let you get back to <laughs> You that, make me we? sound as if that's all I do. I have a full time job <laughs> in pharmacy that, that I do four days a week as well. <laughs> I, I know. Look, no, with the second we start looking at our screen time, it's never a good thing for any of us. I, oh. I think that's fair enough. I know, I know, exactly. It just makes us feel bad about ourselves. But it does, it, it, it's actually good to be reminded that you know, we should step away from it and, and do other things. And actually, just on that, um, we were talking about diet and how important that is for our gut, obviously, and about eating and that. But I think we have to remember that we may be losing the ability to learn how to cook because we're, we're all in such fast living as well. So I think it's important that we kind of maybe try and go back to basics to, to try and relearn how to cook because we, we can't have generations of families now where, uh, you know, no one in the family has learned how to, to, to cook properly. And then that can harken back to food poverty and that as well. So I think the whole the whole talk and education around food and around how to eat properly it it can begin in the home but if it, if it isn't there in the first place in the home uh, how do we educate so I think that there needs to be definitely much more public health issues brought out about that and then and education in the schools I think it should, home ec should be home ec should definitely be a compulsory from first to third year anyway definitely for boys and girls so we at least can learn basic cooking skills on that wonderful pivot away from your <laughs> overuse of Instagram, Laura Dowling. Wasn't that, wasn't that clever? Wasn't that clever? Brought it back to the Brought it back to the I'm applauding that. <laughs> Laura Dowling, fabulous pharmacist. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. So that's it from this episode of That Gut Feeling, the podcast series raising awareness and importance of your gut health, along with conversations about lots of other things with me, Jonathan Healy, sponsored by Zenflora. My thanks to Laura Dowling, aka the fabulous pharmacist, for joining us. And don't forget, you can listen to and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Join me the next time as we continue to explore That Gut Feeling.